Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Tuesday, March 8th. This week's theme, Experiencing Hope in Baptism. Today's scripture reading is from Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 through 31 from the Message Translation, which reads, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and God, with a terrific east wind all night long, made the sea go back. He made the sea dry ground. The sea waters split. The Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters a wall to the right and to the left. The Egyptians came after them in full pursuit, every horse and chariot and driver of Pharaoh racing into the middle of the sea. It was now the morning watch. God looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud on the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. He clogged the wheels of their chariots. They were stuck in the mud. The Egyptians said, run from Israel. God is fighting on their side and against Egypt. God said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and the waters will come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots, over their horsemen. Moses stretched his hand out over the sea. As the day broke and the Egyptians were running, the sea returned to its place as before. God dumped the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The waters returned, drowning the chariots and riders of Pharaoh's army that had chased after Israel into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites walked right through the middle of the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall to the right and to the left. God delivered Israel that day from the oppression of the Egyptians. And Israel looked at the Egyptian dead washed up on the shore of the sea and realized the tremendous power that God had brought against the Egyptians. The people were in reverent awe before God and trusted in God and his servant Moses. Sprinkled through the pages of Scripture are so many stories of life, of healing, of deliverance, and of new beginnings, all of which involve water as a crucial element. Water everywhere. The watery chaos in the Genesis creation story from which emerged a cosmos of divine order and glory that was very good. Another watery chaos released upon a thoroughly corrupted planet in desperate need of a wash like the flood unleashed by the Ents on Orthanc to wash the filth of Saruman away, leaving the hobbits, or Noah and his eight, enjoying the reclaimed world, minus the pipeweed of the Shire, but evidently not the wine. And yes, I'm geeking out over Lord of the Rings again. Then there's the water that flowed from the, the rock in the barren desert, slaking the thirst and refreshing the bodies of former slaves from Egypt now freed. Then there's the muddy Jordan water into which a leprous pagan officer who is from the wrong side of the border, rather begrudgingly, let's say, no one had to instruct him to plug his nose before being immersed, not once but seven times in those less than idyllic waters. And then those same muddy Jordan waters that saw multitudes dunked in them by the original dunker himself. I like to call him the plunger, personally, John, as he cried out for them to do a radical pivot in their posture and behavior, and then plunge them in those waters of the Jordan. Then, of course, there's the one I skipped over that's front and center in today's text, the crossing through the parted Red Sea by an entire generation of freshly ex-slaves. 
an experience that Paul very directly calls a baptism into Moses. Was there another route out of Egypt and bondage that didn't involve such a watery passage? Absolutely. There was the much more direct land route that would have brought them into immediate conflict with foes whom they were not ready to face. For multiple reasons, God chose this way instead, a way that involved desert and pursuit and a watery passage of deliverance on the other side of which the people finally, en masse, believed. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. That's a great line put into the mouth of Mary Magdalene in The Chosen as she explained her transformation from tormented and tortured soul to the serenity and peace now on display in her. It's a great baptismal mantra to lean into as we emerge from these waters, though it's crucial to remember that just passing through water doesn't make it so. It's astounding how the waters of regeneration can roll right off us like a proverbial duck if our heart truly isn't in it. We must go deeper. Rather than just reading the Exodus 14 passage again, give a listen to what Paul says about all this to the Corinthian believers who were no doubt making him wonder about many of them as to whether or not their baptism took considering how little of Jesus was evident and how they actually were living and treating one another. See what you see. Paul writes, Remember our history, friends, and be warned. Our ancestors were led by the providential cloud and taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours, as Moses led them from enslaving death to salvation life. They all ate and drank identical food and drank meals provided daily by God. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were. And the rock was Christ. But just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much. Most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. The same thing could happen to us. We must be on guard so that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. And we must not turn our religion into a circus as they did. First the people partied, then they threw a dance. We must not be sexually promiscuous. They paid for that, remember, with 23,000 deaths in one day. And we must never try to get Christ to serve us instead of us serving him. They tried it, and God launched an epidemic of poisonous snakes. We must be careful not to stir up discontent. Discontent destroyed them. These are all warning markers, danger in our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate. God confidence. And you'll find that reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, about verses 1 through 11. How have you been led from enslaving death to salvation life? What part has baptism played in this? Or perhaps what part has it yet to play? How do we help ensure that what we experience, like their experience of the Red Sea and beyond, actually sticks with us? and results in real change as to who we are and how we live. 
Once I was this way, and now I am completely different. How do we see this become reality for us? Breath of heaven, hover over the chaotic waters of my life. And as I emerge from the baptismal waters of this moment, bring forth your new creation in me, a creation of faith, a creation of love, a creation of hope, a hope that though we wait long, will never disappoint. Through your spirit in, with, and upon us. Amen.